Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Off the Handlebars Podcast. I am your host, B. Shanice, and I'm here today. I had a really great day, guys, so if my energy is off the chains, that is why. Um, but happy Wednesday, and we are going to jump right in. Today's episode is about how I built my six-figure net worth without ever touching a six-figure salary, Okay. Sometimes people think you need to make a lot of money to be very wealthy, and that is not the case all the time. So I will jump into that. First things first, let's do three good things. Um, I haven't seen anyone post their three good things yet, so if you have them, please feel free to share. I would love to hear what you're grateful for. Uh, my first one is going to be my car and the fact that... I am able to get in it, press a button, and get from point A to point B. That really means a lot to me. My car is dependable. It is running very well. I took it in recently thinking I had to spend like $1,300 in maintenance and, you know, getting everything kind of taken care of since I hit a milestone of uh, 150,000 miles. But that was not the case. I only ended up spending like... $250 instead of $1,300, so really hype about that. So I'm just grateful for my car and that it's doing what I need it to do and keeping us safe and protected um, and getting us from point A to point B. And my second good thing is that I finally found the most perfect bar stools I've been looking for literally for months, you guys. Like, And I found them on a whim. I wasn't even supposed to originally be outside today, but... My friend called me and was like, hey, I'm going to run some errands. You want to come? I'm like, uh, yeah, let's do it. So we ended up hitting like several stores. And of course, I found my perfect bar stools at Home Goods. The price was a little hefty at first. And then I just like kept walking in the store and I just couldn't stop thinking about them. And I definitely was able to get the price down a little bit as well. And I'm going to sell my old bar stools that I've had for a few years since I moved in. Um, I'm going to sell those on Facebook Marketplace and also get some money back. So a lot of impulse spending has been happening lately on my end, but it's been great feeling. <laughs> um, and then my third good thing is the fact that <laughs> I'm reaching 10 episodes and I'm not gonna lie I've already felt like I wanted to like fall off my consistency in launching and publishing but I'm here and I'm still doing it and I still have so much in store and I also it's another good thing um I also shot my shot at one of my friends who has been on reality tv and they agreed to actually come on my podcast and I'm like so excited I literally just was like so I know you're kind of a big deal now, but do you want to come on my podcast? (laughs) And they were like, sure, like, what are you trying to record or whatever? So I'm really excited for that guest. I will keep it a surprise for right now because I don't have the details etched in stone or, like, figured out yet. But, um, yeah, I'm just really proud of my little podcast that could and that it's actually, like, resonating with people and people are coming back each week on Wednesdays. And I'm just grateful for all of you and the listeners and supporters. 
Okay, so we're going to jump into six-figure net worth. And if you are unsure of what a net worth is or what that means, it is basically your assets, which are things that are worth something and things that um, are growing into something or have grown into something. Um, and it's minus your liabilities. So that's any type of debt you have or mortgage you owe um, or any loans you have, any type of loans, car loans, student loans, personal loans, um, any credit card balances that are um, hanging over there, any medical bills, anything like that, tax bills, any type of something that you owe is a liability. So I calculate my net worth by take writing down all of my assets, so my investment accounts that I have, um, my mortgage equity that I have, the saved liquid cash that I have, my um, high yield savings account, my health savings account, my checking account, my regular savings account, and my that's paired with my checking. Uh, any type of car value that you have and or car wor worth. Um, and then I also have like any any type of like stocks or investments or anything, the accounts that you have in Roth. Um, so I take all of those and add them up. And then I subtract what I do owe. So my debt payments that I'm currently making would be on my mortgage. Um, and so, however, my, I pay, I owe way less on my mortgage than what my house is worth. So it's considered an asset because it's not in the negative, if that makes sense. Um, it's not worth less than what I owe on it. Sometimes cars are worth less than what we owe on them. So that would be like a liability because there's a negative balance or difference in between that. But my house is worth more than what I owe. So it's considered, um, an asset, although it's still something I have to pay on and I still owe. But even if I were to, for instance, sell my home um, and they took away what I owe on it, I would still be able to get a profit and still not have to pay. So that's what makes it um, an asset for me. So, um, or a positive asset, I should say, or positive liability. I don't even know if that's a thing. So don't quote me, but just thinking out loud. Um, so that is your net worth. You take everything that you have minus what you owe. And if that number is either negative or positive, that tells you what your net, net worth is. Obviously, we, if it's in the negative, that there's nothing wrong with that. That just means you have probably some work to do or some business to handle somewhere, somehow, some way. Um, I've seen plenty of people go from negative to positives. And it's totally worth doing the work and getting yourself in a better position financially. So... Don't be discouraged if you calculate it and it's a negative. I promise you, you can get it back to the positive just by probably paying down some debt or handling some business or getting rid of things that are no longer um, of value and handling situations probably a little bit different than what you have been. So I'm going to just talk through kind of what I've done to build my six-figure net worth. I actually hit six figures in 2020. Um beef and it's now 2023 but I hit it a few years ago so I was actually 31 years old and it was right after I paid off my debt um and got off of my debt-free journey so at the time when I say paying off my debt I had 
a car loan. I had medical bills. I had credit cards. I had, um, I think one more thing that I was paying off, but I don't remember. Oh, I had to end up paying like some of my family back for some money that they had given me towards said wedding that I spoke on last, um, episode that was supposed to happen in June, 2020 and didn't. So yeah. Anyways. So I paid back some money and ended up, um, being able to hit a six figure net worth that same year. And it was a little bit over six figures, but I was really proud. It was the first time I actually calculated what my net worth was. So I was actually shocked that it was already in six figures by simply paying off my debt and going on a debt-free journey. So the first thing I did was I started paying on my student loans when I was in school because I knew the bill was going to come anyway. I know a lot of us and a lot of my listeners are no longer in school and there's no way to do that now. However, you could pay on them while the interest is frozen and it's kind of the same thing, right? Because when we graduated from college, we're able to get like six months grace before the, um, what's it called? Before the payments kick in. And right now we've been given or whoever has student loans, the government has been given, I think we're going on year three of pause student loan interest. So originally we get six months when we first graduate. Now, if you have student loans through the federal government, you have been on a three year um, pause. And I know that there's some forgiveness talks happening and things like that. So at least pay it down to what you think you're going to get for for given and then save the rest and in case it doesn't get forgiven you can obviously um pay it off if you do get it forgiven then you get to do something else with that money so I would at least try to pay it up to what is going to be forgiven because the rest is still up to you so I paid off my student loans. Uh, I started paying them off at 24 and I had them completely paid off by 26. I also had a lump sum. I don't know if I've told you guys this. I've had a lump sum. And when I say you guys, I'm talking about my Fit Mom Man's community and people that have been following my financial journey. But I had a lump sum of money in my savings account, right? In December of 2020. Wait, no. December 20. 16? No, I don't know. December 20. No, because I bought my house in 2016. So, oh, December 2014, I think is when I, yeah, I had a lump sum of money, right? And it was like seven, seven, dollars $7,000, $7,000 to $8,000. And Padre asked me and said, how much do you have left on your loans? And it was like $7,000. And he was like, and how much do you have in your savings? I'm like, almost $8,000. He's like, or, you know, 7,500, something like that. It was very, very close. And he's like, yeah, so what we're going to do is just go ahead and take that 7,000 and put it on your loans and be done with that payment. And I'm like, what? You literally want me to like drain my savings? He's like, one, you're at this time I was living with them. So he's like, you're living with us. Your bills are low. You can save it back up. You will eliminate your student loans, get out of debt. At the time, that was the only debt I had because I my car was already paid for and gifted from him as well. So I was like, dad, are you serious? And he's like, I'm dead serious. I need you to pay it off. And as bad as it stung, I am so, so happy that I did. Like so happy I did. 
So I was going through it though. Um, when he told me to do that, it just didn't sit right at first. <laughs> it, I, I was like, wait, I don't understand. Like I worked so hard to get this balance up and he's like, yeah. And so we're just going to take care of it. Cause technically if something were to happen, if they were to come after it, you have it and they could just take it from you because it's in your account and it's attached to your social security number as your loans are and you owe that to them. So they will come get it if they have to. And I was like, wow. Okay. Well, I guess the seven grain is really not mine. It's there. So paid off my student loans at the age of 26 and it was probably the best decision I ever made because then I was able to save money from my house down payment, which took away from the balance of what I owed on the full mortgage. So that made one, my payments lower and two, my interest that I'm being charged lower because my payments are lower, my balance is lower. So over the span of um, a couple years, I saved up and I also was not as diligent in my budgeting and finances as I am now then. So I definitely had, don't judge me, $100 bar tabs at one point because I was buying everybody drinks at the bar because I just was living my best 20 something year old life. And so I didn't, I could have had probably a lot more saved, but I ended up, um, being able to save $15,000 for a house down payment and to also furnish my home. So I put 10K on my loan, my host, my home mortgage loan. And then I also used 5K to furnish my house and buy things that I needed with for the house. So I also bought what I could afford as far as like the house that I needed. I obviously am, a, I was a single technically single woman. I was, I was, I was in a relationship, but it was just for me at the time. Um, and I didn't need a lot of room. I had the option to get a three bedroom or a two bedroom master suite. And I ended up doing that. Obviously, um, you know, when they, you go through your pre-approval, they tell you that you can get X amount of money. Right. And I tried to stay away from the max amount of approval that I could get and really got what I could afford. So I didn't buy too much house. I didn't need a five bedroom home or a four bedroom home for just me. At the time I had my bedroom and then I had a designated guest bedroom and that was plenty. Legend ended up coming um, and taking over obviously the guest bedroom, but then we at, then his dad ended up um, coming to move in and we lived together then. So we actually had two queen size beds in Legend's room for a long time. So it served as like half of his room and half a guest room. And then he ended up um, having his daughter also come stay and she would use the other bed too sometimes. So it just worked out. We had three beds um, and enough room for everybody to sleep comfortably. So Although I could have gotten a bigger house at the time I was buying, I didn't need it. And I just really bought what I could afford. At the time, I was also literally working as um, an outreach specialist, outreach specialist, like answering phones in a call center. <laughs> so I wasn't making that much. And I also worked um, at T-Mobile part time because I was trying to pay off debt and get more my money up and things. So I did work two jobs for a long time during paying off my student loans and um also saving money for my house down payment. And so 
after I bought what I could afford and bought something that was around like 25% of my take-home income monthly, I think, um, I made sure that my mortgage payment wasn't more than 25-ish percent of what I was bringing home per month because I didn't want to be what Padre refers to as house broke. He made sure I was not house broke. He honestly felt like this home was a little bit higher than what he wanted me to buy, but it was new construction and absolutely fell in love with it after my stepmom came and looked at it. And so, yeah, it just worked out. I actually came and looked at it at first and they they were doing construction like on the roads and it just didn't seem like it was feasible. It was like one way in, one way out and there was just too much traffic on the other side. But then um, my stepmom ended up coming over here like a week or two later and she was like, oh, Britt, they opened up this whole other side. So it's like two ways in or out now. It's not what we thought. And it was within our price range and things like that, something I could afford. So she was like, never lived in it. There were only like three units left. And I just obviously was meant to be here because it all worked out perfectly. So that's one thing I did. And I'm going to say my my mortgage has the highest equity and or the highest like um, not equity, the highest asset that I have right now. Um, the equity in it is six figures alone at like one hundred and eighty eight thousand dollars. So that's how much I would get back if I were to just sell this property. Um, and yeah, I'm just really proud of that because that means I chose one, a great neighborhood, um, a good home. And obviously the housing market just does what it wants to do. And it's really on my side right now. So love that for me. Um, what I also did was I bought a car with a hefty down payment that um, Legend's dad actually um, assisted with because at the time it was like a family car. So he put a down payment of $11,000 on the car that we bought and it brought that down from like 29000 to eighteen, which was very helpful. Um, he also helped with the payments. Um, a lot in the beginning and then I ended up like once I got on my debt-free journey then I ended up just like smashing it out and trying to get rid of it as much as I could so that was a joint effort um, in the beginning and it kind of set me up to be able to pay it down as needed later on down the line and so once my car was paid off in 2020 it's only been worth more than what I owe because I owe zero dollars so anything even though it depreciates I guess each year and as many miles as I put on it, it still is worth a good amount of money. So that's good for um, having another asset versus a liability. Say that I owed 18 and it was only worth 16, then I would be, you know, 2000 in the negative and things like that. So that's something you want to think about when you are calculating your net worth. So I paid off my car early. It was bought in 2018 and was paid off by 2020 when I was on my debt-free journey. Um, and then I also got any lump sums that I would receive or any like additional money, any cashback apps, any tax refunds, any bonuses, anything that was unexpected that came my way, I was throwing it on my debt. Um, and I was making multiple payments a month because I kept just wanting to excuse me, I kept wanting to get the balance as low as I could, like, and I kept fighting it. It was so much more fun paying off debt than it was saving. <laughs> just gonna say that. Um, it was just, it was almost like a rat race. Like, it was like I was fighting to pay it down, pay it down. It was like me against the debt, and we were just, 
going hand in hand and they just kept losing because I kept making payments and getting it lower and lower. So once I became debt free, then I upped my retirement contributions uh, for my 401k through my employer. So whether you have a 401k or a 403b um, or if you're self-employed and you're contributing to retirement in a different way, uh, I definitely raised those contributions and was able to put more into my 401k. And then the jobs that I have left, I have rolled them over from the 401ks that I've had into a Roth, a rollover Roth. And what that means is basically when you have a 401k, there are certain investments within those accounts that you can use. But when you roll it into the Roth, then that just opens up a door of like so many more. So it's almost like going like you're job offers like a shopping center amount of investments type deal but then when you roll it over to a Roth after you leave the job then you like go to the mall and you have a way more options of companies and things to invest in so that's the best like analogy I can come up with right off the top of my head so I increased those which obviously took away from my pre-tax um like it took away from my pre-tax investing or took yeah, to put towards my pre-tax investing, which took away from the amount of money that I was bringing home per month. But it was, again, pre-tax. So I got text taxed on less amount of money, which was always a win for, the, for me versus the IRS. So I did that. So it just gave me more options. Um, I also contributed to my Roth IRA, which is something you do post-tax. So although they take the 401k money out before they you know, pay everything else your employer does, um, with the Roth IRA, you're able to, um, put it in at, with basically with your take home money. So with the money I take home, then I'm able to invest in something else and do invest in the mall just by myself without having to go through them. So again, it's not, it's just allowing me more options to grow my money. So I did max out my Roth IRA in 2020. I believe I got a lump sum of money. I don't really remember. It's probably on my page, but something happened to where I was able to max it out unexpectedly. And that was really dope. And the, at the time, the max contribution was 6000 This year, they have actually raised it to 6500 So $6,500, which is going to be great. I probably will not max out my Roth IRA anytime soon, but I am trying to get at least 3000 in there. Um, between 2021 or 2022s and 2023. So 1500 each. We'll see though. Um, your Roth IRAs, you also have until tax day of that year. So I can contribute to 2022s Roth through April of 2023, which is cool. I also utilize my uh, health savings accounts to get more money as a pre-tax investment as well. So as they took out money for my 401k, they also took out money first for my health savings and then the rest would, was taxed from the government and then I got the take home after that. So that's another thing that helped me lower my income and get taxed less. I use a high yield savings account for my emergency fund, which I've talked about this before, but basically they pay you to have it in there. <laughs> um... And I think it's called a APY annual percentage yield where you earn interest per month on how much money you have in there. And the rate is currently at 3.30% for the one that I use. If you're looking for a high yield savings account, just go to nerdwallet.com, type in high yield savings. Some have minimum 
amounts you have to put in. A lot of them don't. Just start it and let the money, you know, grow over time as you put money in there and your interest being paid to you will continue to rise the more money you have in there. So that helps me have a, more money in that account as well. Um, I have a another brokerage account that my dad opened up for me a long time ago, probably like 20-ish years ago, maybe even more. And um, that has some money in it. Two years ago, I was supposed to roll that over into my Fidelity and I still haven't. So yeah, I probably need to do that this year. He's going to get on me if he hears this po- if he hears this podcast episode. Um, and then what allowed me to um, continue to grow my net worth over the last few years is doing a zero-based budget, which means I take what I have coming in, subtract everything I have going out, and whatever I have left for the month, whether it's $20 or $500 between my expenses and my take-home, then I designate that to something so I give every single dollar I have coming in my account a job every dollar has something to go towards or to save for or to pay or to spend pretty much so I do a zero-based budget and that has just worked for me I actually have a fit momance client that I have a money or a money coaching client that I do through fit momance and this year She wants me to teach her how to do her budget by herself because we've been doing it together for the past few years. She has paid off her credit card so far. She has paid off her car and she actually texted me today that she got pre-approved for a mortgage and now she's about to buy her um, herself and her daughter a home and I just am so excited for her. So now she's like, please help me get through this budgeting thing where I can do it on my own. And I just, you know, ask you for advice versus depending on you to, you know, do it for me and figure it out for me. So I told her, I promised her by the end of 2023, she's going to be a beast at budgeting and no, no budget is perfect. We always forget stuff. However, she's going to be able to do it on her own. So zero based budget is just what's worked for me. There's plenty of different options and ways to do it. Please feel free to research and Google whatever one you feel fits best. So with the zero-based budget, what's helped me as well is tracking my spending. So if I allow myself, for instance, this month, I allowed myself $600 to spend on whatever it is I want to spend on. So um, I spent things for New Year's Eve and out of there, I um, did a donation out of there, I... I don't even know what else. I went out to eat today. Um, I went to Target today. <laughs> um, my Target runs. Like I bought a mattress from Amazon at eleven thirty at night a few days ago. So things like that come out of my spending. Like things that are just unplanned for and that come up that I want to do or I want to spend money on. Then that's what I set that amount for. And so each time I spend money or I my swipe my card or a transaction goes through my account, then I go into that category and track my spending to know how much more I have left to make sure that I'm not overspending or if I am overspending that I need to take the money from somewhere else and allocate my funds differently, whatever the case may be. Tracking my spending, I would literally be in the club and they will swipe my card for a drink or something and I am in my phone tracking my spending like 100%. So It's just something that is a habit now. I went to the store today. As soon as I got in the car, I'm tracking my spending. Sometimes I don't do it right away. Like when I'm traveling, I don't usually do it right away. But when I get home, I'll go through everything that's on my credit card statement and track my spending. So 
those are things that have helped me obtain a six-figure net worth. I'm very um, blessed to be here and the track that I was able to take to get here. But I'm again, I've never touched a six-figure sal salary before. I was just telling my friend today how like I literally was at the bottom of the barrel every time I got promoted at my last job. Like they paid me the least amount that they could. And even when I started, I did not negotiate. That was back when I was like 26 years old. So I just wasn't in the headspace I am now. But either way, I always had to take the minimal amounts. And I had a lot of internal promotions that capped my amount of money that I could, you know, get for my promotion. And now I'm in a new company and I got a big jump in pay. Um, but I still am not at six figure six figures yet. My goal is to have it by 35. So working on it this year, but, um, definitely, uh, going to let you know that no matter what you have bringing in, it's really all about how you management manage it. So if you have any questions about money management, please feel free to reach out. If you want me to meet with you specifically about your situation, um, I do have coaching sessions available. So real quick, in 2020, my net worth was $103,891. In 2021, it was $170,646. In 2022, it was $281,925. So obviously this goes based off the market as well because majority of my um, net worth is in my home, but it's also um, a big chunk is in invest my investment accounts. And so uh, if the market's down, then that number may be lower, but my house continues to rise. Um, my car continues to decrease per year, but that's okay because I, again, I still owe zero on it. So anything over zero is a win. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to share that with you all. Uh, we are at the end. So I'm going to say my off the handlebars moment for this year. I mean, for this week, not this year, geez, for this week is probably, I had one earlier. I was like, wow, I'm really, oh, I accidentally opened two credit cards yesterday within like three minutes. So what happened was I had one in mind that I actually sat on about opening from like a month ago. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not going to do it right now. Like, I'll just wait, whatever. Then I'm like, okay, yesterday I'm just like impulsively. I'm like, oh my God, okay, I'm going to do it. So I log on, I click the, the offer because it had the same amount of like $200 bonus or bonus offer or whatever. So I click it and I end up going through the whole application. They're like, okay, you're approved, blah, 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 over 10 grand, whatever. I'm like, okay. And then... I realized that's not the one I wanted. That's not the one I had uh, application saved for that. My application probably expired, which is why that didn't come up. But I was like, dang, that's not the one I wanted. So then I opened the one that I wanted. I tried to call the bank and I couldn't get the right department. So I hung up, got on my Insta story, told everybody about what I did. And yeah, now I'm up to seven credit cards out of nowhere. And TJ Maxx and HomeGoods tried to get me to open another one today. And I promised I was so close. And I'm like, I really need to chill. So my off the handlebars moment is that I accidentally opened two credit cards when I really wanted to just open one. Don't be like me. I've been moving at a very rapid speed this week and I probably need a little bit of help. <laughs> but let me know um, if you guys have any questions about your net worth or um, anything comes out about managing your money. I would love, love, love for you all this year in 2023 to calculate your net worth so you even know what it is. You don't know what you don't know and you can only make better what you are aware of. So do that for me. 
let me know if you calculate it. I don't need to know what the calculation is. Obviously, that's your business. But if you end up calculating it, let me know on the post for this episode. And be sure to leave a rating and review. And also follow me on Instagram at Off the Handlebars Pod. I appreciate you all and have an amazing day. Bye. Thank you.